It is Taylor Hall Day, and the question is, will the Boston Bruins try to get a haul for Taylor this summer, seeing as he could be a cap casualty? Let's talk about it on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your day. Every day we are free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today is Wednesday, May 24th. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first ticket purchase. Continuing our player reviews here on today's episode, and we're looking at Taylor Hall. If you missed it yesterday, we talked about Charlie Coyle, gone through the top six, some of the top defensemen, and Linus Allmark in recent days. Since, of course, the Boston Bruins, unfortunately, ended their season way too early at the hands of the Florida Panthers, who are one win away from advancing to the Stanley Cup final, as are the Vegas Golden Knights, guided by Bruce Cassidy. A lot of conflicting feelings here uh, this morning, hockey-wise, but we focus on Taylor Hall, what went well what didn't go great, and whether he will be a member of the Boston Bruins next season. Let's start with what went well for Taylor Hall this season. Well, first of all, he had pretty positive results after he settled on the third line with Charlie Coyle and Trent Frederick. Um, you know, the the belief initially was that he would be back on the second line with David Pasternak, David Krejci, after having success with them upon being traded to the Bruins a couple years ago. That was one of the big uh, uh, points of lament when Krejci left was that, oh, we won't see Hall and Krejci get to recreate some of that chemistry that they saw together uh, early on in Hall's tenure with the Boston Bruins. And of course, Hall went on to re-sign, despite the fact that Krejci had decided to go back to Czechia for, for, you know, two seasons ago. Now, when the dust settled, though, Taylor Hall found himself on the third line with Pavel Zaka riding shotgun with Krejci and Pasternak. Had a couple different line mates alongside Coyle. Craig Smith was there for a bit. And then Trent Frederick ended up settling there. And he had one of his best seasons, or his best season goals-wise for sure. We're going to talk about Trent Frederick more on tomorrow's episode. But it gave the Bruins 
really unparalleled depth. I talked prior to the playoffs about how a projected third line of Charlie Coyle, Taylor Hall, and Tyler Bertuzzi should have been one of the best around the NHL. Um, However, Taylor Hall down the stretch missed a bunch of games. We'll talk about that in the next segment. Um, But when he did come back, he was fantastic for the Bruins in the postseason. Most points in a single postseason in his career. Five goals, three assists in seven games, which was better than, yeah, any previous playoff run that he has been on. Now, he's never gone on an extended playoff run, hasn't been past the second round. Uh, He made it to the second round with the Bruins. In the bubble, no, sorry, back in 2020-21, but of course, they fell there, and he only had five points in 11 games that season. He had four points in seven games in 2021-22, and then eight points in seven games here against the Florida Panthers this season. So tremendous finish to the year for Taylor Hall. Unfortunately, things didn't start off um, super great for him because of the, um, sorry, things didn't finish in the regular season very well because of that injury. And we'll get into here what went wrong with Taylor Hall's season here in a moment. But first, a quick word about today's sponsor, which is Game Time. Now, Game Time is the best ticketing app out there right now, and they're growing super fast because they have these great flash deals on last-minute tickets, images of seat views, and also a lowest price guarantee. What is that guarantee? Well, if you find better price in the same section and same row, they will um, cover you 110% of the difference. All you have to do is download the GameTime app, create an account, and you can use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply, but just create an account, redeem code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off your first purchase. You can get seat views, pick your seat, pick the row, uh, the lowest price guarantee, and they're sent directly to your phone so you don't have to dig through your emails to find the tickets. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets at the lowest price, guaranteed. Thank you so much once again for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day every single day. Everydayers can expect a full recap on Trent Frederick's season on tomorrow's podcast. Now, you may have noticed that the what went well for Taylor Hall section of the podcast today wasn't super long. He did have a fantastic postseason. Again, five goals, three assists in seven games, eight points, his best playoff run of his career. However, he missed 21 games due to injury. 
Well, that did allow the Bruins to put him on LTIR and load up even more at the trade deadline by adding Tyler Bertuzzi. The fact that he was stuck on the third line all season long really hindered his production. Couple that with missing 21 games due to injury. And you have some pretty low numbers for Taylor Hall. It was actually the lowest point per game mark of his career at 0.59. He also had the lowest average ice time of his career. And while he did have those eight points in the playoffs, zero points in the final two games of the series, which of course were both losses and cost the Bruins the series. He only had 12 minutes and 24 seconds of ice time in uh, game six. And to make matters worse, he had zero shots in both of those games as well. I don't know if the injury that had been afflicting him came up um, and affected him late in the series, but zero points, zero shots in those two series deciding games. Now, he did score in game five, but... Again, they still lost that game 4-3 in overtime. Now, of course, you're going to have the lowest average ice time if you're playing on the third line as opposed to being in the top six, where you would think that he belongs. But when everybody was healthy, you had Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, Jake DeBrusque on the top line, and, of course, Pavel Zaka playing with David Krejci and David Pasternak. Should... Hall have gotten more of a chance in the top six? Possibly. Should he have gotten more time on the power play? I mean, you could make an argument for that as well, but add it all up, and it was a testament to Boston's depth that Taylor Hall had that reduced role. Such a luxury to have a player like Taylor Hall on the third line. Um, he did produce, but again, the lowest point per game production of his career, 16 goals, 20 assists for 36 points in 61 games this season, 150 shots on goal as well. Average of 15 minutes and 55 seconds of ice time per game, all career, uh, lows. He hadn't averaged that since coming over to Boston in 2020-21, where he was kind of finding his groove. You know, prior to that, well over 18, 19, even 20 minutes a game he averaged, but that was a decade ago. And that's something that's counting against him as well. He's 31 years old. He's going to turn 32 in November. Just wild to think that, a, Taylor Hall's that old, even watching the Dallas Stars play, that the Tyler Sagan trade was a decade ago. Wild. So Taylor Hall added all up, and it's tricky to, to gauge his season. Yes, his numbers were down, but 
the Bruins were so fortunate to be able to have a team where you could slot Taylor Hall on the third line. Now, the huge question is whether or not his salary cap hit and his age will play against him and whether or not he is a candidate to be moved. And we're going to talk about that here in segment number three. All right. Will Taylor Hall be a member of the Boston Bruins next season? Again, that is a massive question. He's under contract for two more seasons at a salary cap hit of six million per. And again, he's turning 20. Oh, sorry. I wish 23, 32 in November. In uh, 2023 and 24, as well as 24, 25, his contract has a 10 team no trade list. So that opens up 21 possibilities where he could be moved. And certainly he is a candidate to be moved because of Boston's cap situation. Again, I say it every day. They have that bonus overage of uh, $4.5 million for next season, meaning if the salary cap is, say, $83.5 million, their ceiling is $79. Now, perhaps Taylor Hall will have an increased role, although Poshnok, Marshawn, Zaka, and DeBrusque are all still under contract, meaning he may not have a wing spot in the top six. Do you keep going with a guy making $6 million who could be on the third line again? I I don't know if you can do that. That's a luxury and perhaps a misallocation of resources, especially if you're looking to fill uh, two center spots. They have a ton of free agents to sign or a ton of open spots at the very least with Bergeron, Bertuzzi, Felino, Krejci, Hathaway, Noshik, all unrestricted free agents, Trent Frederick, Jeremy Swayman, restricted free agents. At the moment, they have $6 million in projected cap space. And that's without the bonus overage. So somebody's going to have to move out here and it will likely be more than one player. Uh, Taylor Hall is a prime candidate to be moved because of his age, because of his cap hit and his value could be a bit higher at the moment because of how he performed in the playoffs but you have to think he could be moved. Brandon Carlo and Matt Grizzlick could be moved. Derek Forbort could be moved. And of course, there's increasing chatter about moving one of, well, likely Linus Allmark because of the fact that uh, Jeremy Swayman is due a new contract and you may not be able to, again, have the luxury of paying your goaltenders, $9 million between them. But for right now, the question about Taylor Hall, will he be moved? It's a very, very real possibility. And, you know, it's perhaps not the 
worst idea, seeing as they are lacking some trade capital. No, sorry, some draft capital. They have no first-round pick, no second-round pick for the next couple of years. Not to say that they could recoup one of those, but um, they could get something for Taylor Hall and save against the cap. Now, could they trade Hall and then try to sign Tyler Bertuzzi? That could be a real possibility as well, seeing as um, Bertuzzi could come in a bit cheaper and he's younger. But having said that, it might just be a straight-up situation where they just have to dump his salary and uh, try to find some solutions internally with some younger players, perhaps, you know, Jacob Lauko or Oscar Steen from the AHL. So all that to say, we love to tweet Taylor Hall is a Boston Bruin. Well, that may not be the case for much longer. Now, he did say if he's back, he wasn't specific about being traded or not, but he did say if Krejci and Bergeron are in the mix, then it's up to who's ever there to keep fostering the environment and the tradition. I know Taylor Hall loves being a Boston Bruin. I know, well, he does get along very well with, with Charlie Coyle. I know he was very tight with Craig Smith before he was traded. Um, he committed here for four seasons. He wants to be part of the solution here in Boston. But again, the question is whether or not Boston can afford $6 million for a 32-year-old or 30. Yeah, he'll be 32 once the season gets underway. 32-year-old winger who may not have a place in the top six. Now, again, I mentioned... Zaka played the wing, so perhaps you could have a situation where it's Marchand, say Coiled, DeBrusque, Hall, Zaka, uh, Pasternak as your top six. How does that sound uh, to us? Now those would be, right now the Bruins only have seven forwards signed for next season. Pasternak, Marchand, Hall, Coyle. Zaka DeBrusque and AJ Greer. Of course, they have some guys in the minors who are signed who could jump up. Uh, John Beecher, Georgie Merkulov, maybe Fabian Lysel, Oscar Steen. But that's really the depth they have up front right now and very limited cap space to work with. So who goes? Zaka DeBrusque? have pretty reasonable deals. We talked about Coyle yesterday, probably too expensive for a third-line center, but could provide good value if he can play in the top six. Uncertain whether that's the case. So perhaps Taylor Hall goes. Otherwise, maybe he's on the second line with Zaka and Pasternak, which could be a pretty good line, all things considered. But again, you have to fit in some pieces in the bottom six. You need cap space in order to do so. And a guy like Taylor Hall could be the odd man out there. So, you know, not not the greatest outlook for Taylor Hall. 
again, we say Taylor Hall is a Boston Bruin. Hold off on that for a bit because there's a real possibility he could get moved this offseason. Anyways, on that note, I hope you are all doing well. I hope you're taking care of yourselves, taking care of each other. Thank you for continuing to tune in here to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. We are free and available on your favorite podcast app. And tomorrow we'll be back with a recap of Trent Frederick's season and uh, perhaps what his next contract will look like uh, with the Boston Bruins. And could be, could he be a candidate to be moved if they can't come to an agreement each? Hopefully they can get it done. All right, friends, that's it for today. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. We'll be back here tomorrow on Locked On Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Say bye, Bess.